I'm Rihanna Dillon and this is The Guru. Creating the look of film and TV involves the vision of several different people working together to make a film. At different ends of the process are the costume designer and the colourist, who help create a complex and subtle palette of colour for the film, but they never meet. Until BAFTA guru played matchmaker and set up BAFTA-nominated costume designer Sammy Sheldon Differ and colourist Aidan Farrell for a chat about their process. Sammy's first film as a designer was Black Hawk Down with Ridley Scott. She's since been BAFTA-nominated for The Imitation Game, Ex Machina and upcoming Assassin's Creed. Colorist Aidan won the BAFTA Special Award in 2012 for his work on TV dramas as distinct as Utopia and Downton Abbey. Here is an extract of their chat, starting with the simple, what is your job? I read a script, think about the characters and then design the clothing on paper and then I get my team together and they help me create those three-dimensionally and then we fit the actors and that's about it. (laughs) That sounds really (laughs) simple but it's not. I am a colourist. I work with the camera department, the director of photography and the director and producers. I will work with them to obtain and achieve the look of a commercial or a drama or a music video. So Essentially, what comes out of a camera these days in the digital world is a, a card, and that has a, records a, a log or raw image, which is basically fairly flat. So my work as a colourist, I will take that raw image. We will generally have a preconceived idea of how the final piece is going to work based on research and preliminary meetings and design meetings and tone meetings. But I will then take the footage from that's come out of the camera and the edit suite and take that, work with that raw image as a sequence and then work to obtain the achieved look. When I do a drama, I love read the script. Not every episode, say it's a TV drama. Now, it depends whether we're talking about music videos or commercials or dramas, but for the moment, we'll talk about drama. So I will generally have a history of, most of the time, working with a said director or producer or director of photography. There will always be somebody within the team that I will generally have worked with. So we know yeah. each other's style or what, you know, I mean, how to communicate, and we know what our tastes are. Yeah. I would have a meeting, I listen to what the director wants and it wants to achieve or the producers want to achieve from a job. So I was thinking about your job and I'm intrigued by it because if you've got a period drama where you have to be factual about it and, and completely right. And then I'm thinking when you're doing, say, the Alex Garland film or music videos where your vision yeah. can ring through. And that must be very exciting yeah. in being able to completely come up with, because there's no right or wrong, it's completely subjective. Yeah. Where, say, on a period drama where, although you can change certain things, but I'd imagine, I could be wrong, I'd imagine it's far more interesting when it's, say, a futuristic film or something where you've got full reign or free reign, where you can work with the set and the DP or the colourist or whatever in choosing the costume. Is that correct? Where on a period drama, you're sort of slightly... You have to, because you have to be factual and and correct about it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's, it's the same methodology regardless of the subject matter in a way. Obviously, I'm sure every costume designer would say they'd rather do a fantasy mixed up period thing, which I personally love, but it's the same methodology. Yeah, I mean, it's a personal choice what you enjoy from a design point of view, but it's more complex doing a fantasy period thing because there are less boundaries, I think, where you can take it. I'm intrigued because... I don't know much about your job. I know once I've finished my part of the filmmaking process, there's a whole other world that you take it that clearly 
enhances what, what we've sure. done. But also, I think your process starts probably at the same time mine does, does in yeah. a way. Yeah. But there's obviously so, only so much you can achieve until we've shot. So I know that you enhance all the things that I create, yeah. plus all the other yeah. different disciplines. I mean, at the early, you're talking about the early stages. One of yeah. those... So, for example, when we, after initial reading and, and listening to the, to the wishes and dreams or whatever of the, of the director, and I'll generally work with the DP in these meetings, and we'll do many tests. So, say, for example, I'll talk about um, Utopia, yeah. the TV show. So, myself and Mark Munden and I think the DP, we had lots of references, and my references would be anything from Victorian postcards to, yeah. in the end, it was a, a very, an Irish photographer, stroke printer, yeah. that, that, uh, called John Hind. He, he lived in Dublin in the 70s, I think. And he used to make postcards of um, holiday resorts. And he used to do it in Britain as well. He used to do it sort of around, a bit like Martin Parr, oh, but, sort, yeah, of, but yeah. not, sort of more commercial look. You know. So he'd yeah. have, you know, in Ireland, have kids with donkeys, kids with red hair with donkeys <laughs> and sort of ice creams. And sort of, but very similar. You, could, you, you can yeah. draw comparisons to Martin Parr. But the difference with him was that he was a printer as well. So he would take photographs uh-huh. and print. Now, it's my belief sometimes, now, if you see his photographs, are so, I'm sure you have seen them as a, yeah, a you know, like, growing up. They, they, they're so vivid and mm. so strong that I, I actually there's no way I can, I can think that he would even shooting on ectochrome or kodachrome which are reversal stocks he would achieve that colour especially back in the 70s But so mm. I, I have a feeling that he sort of sometimes painted like he would print and then paint over yeah but is that an inspiration you yeah the bold colours of Utopia that uh-huh. you know, the yellow strong yellow strong hues of the yeah. red you know signifying danger various you know messages going through the whole uh, series but myself and Mark Munden, who was you know, an absolute genius of, you know, who was, and the great thing about him as a director was that he just, he wanted everything, push it, push it, push it, you know, so you, you could take it to number 11 all the time. So no idea was ever knocked back unless, you know, you could just throw everything mm. into the mix. And we do that before shooting because if I say to the director, well, I think we should take out all the blues, the royal blues, you know, because obviously I can change it and manipulate it later on. Yeah. But there's, there's no point spending 120,000 on blue paint for the next for the 20-part series or something like that, on, <laughs> or putting blue vases in or blue, you know. Yeah. So the designer gets involved. So generally, yeah. we will do meetings for the look of the show, the aesthetics of the show, but then we have to do technical tests regarding which camera, which lenses. Then we do costume tests. From my point of view, the, the costume designer at that stage never really comes, interacts with me. No, that's interesting, but, isn't but, it? But I do a set of tests to yeah. see how your costumes will come through with me applying that look you know, in yeah. these tests. It's interesting because that's so. probably something that I didn't know you that your role was involved in that process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I have obviously done camera testing with costume and preliminary discussions with people about yeah, yeah. colour yeah. that guides me to produce something for yeah, the yeah. test to begin with that then affects what we do later on. Yeah. So it's quite an interesting crossover, actually. Well, yeah. and especially now with in, in the digital era, and it's changing, it's ever-changing. Everybody was shooting on film, you know, 10 years ago, now it's digital. Yeah. We've just come into the HD world, and now we're coming out of that and going into 4K, or into UHD HDR, which is another way of how we watch TV, and which is already available, you know, how HDR is, is, is um, high dynamic range. So that's going to have an impact on my life, which already has yeah. an impact on my life, but it's definitely going to have an impact on costume, makeup oh, and, and sure. set design yeah. because HD, you know, it's going to expose lines and wrinkles and fur or yeah. details on costumes. So yeah. say, for example, a costume that two months into a show, you might say, oh, get it. you won't see it. If there's a bit rip, get away with it, whatever. With these 4K and HDRs, everything yeah. is picked up and it genuinely is picked up. And yeah. so 
we all have to be it's kind of that's quite interesting you say that because i know of having worked through that crossover yeah, yeah. of film to digital there are definitely fabrics i would have chosen that in the digital world doesn't work at all. Yeah. And also, a lot of the films I do are heavily broken down and heavily painted. So we have to try a different way of doing that right. because obviously the old school methodology yeah, 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 of yeah. breaking stuff down yeah. shows up more. I'm forgetting about HDR or 4K, although a lot of feature films are still on film, shot on yeah. film, but most of them, we are in this, whether I like it or not, we are shooting in, in digital. Yeah. And you'll find the way the camera exposes, the curve is different. Yeah. So, for example, what that means to you is a black dress or something, a grey dress, will become black. Or something, a black with fleck or with detail in it. Yeah. It's very hard. On film, you'd have that exposure and you would get that detail. And I'm not saying on HD you don't, but it, it's Just very... different. It's yeah. a challenge for me yeah. to retain contrast within the image and retain detail. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, yeah, totally. So there's another example. We've been taken forward in technology, but it's actually, it's actually sometimes... Not it's not helping <laughs> the artists yeah. or the creatives behind yeah. it, you know. I'm a total research fanatic. When I approach a job, that's my main focus for a good part of prep. And regardless of what period or subject matter, there's always a historical side to something that I Mm -hmm. would, even if it's modern, I'll pull things from other eras in order to use a language to explain the the characters. And also I do a lot of abstract research as well, which is kind of colour and texture-related, which might seem completely removed from the script but it's my personal yeah, feelings yeah. yeah so that's something but that how I'm... do you manage to keep that the, the line between because obviously i can in my job it's subjective where people yeah. might love it or hate it or yeah. living, you know so even if it's period drama or if it's set in the future or set whatever i can manipulate the picture and and i'll take the rap for it and people don't like it or you know but in what you're doing it's almost putting your head on the block because it yeah. could be wrong if you, and I admire that you're trying to change textures and all that but yeah. what about historians or whatever who will say oh god that's wrong or that's wrong you know, that's, <laughs> do you, does that bother you? No <laughs> <laughs> absolutely not good. I hate to say that good, but good, probably offensive people but my feeling is that we're telling a story and however we tell that story whatever vehicles we use to convey to the audience as long as you listen to the actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it doesn't matter whether you're bending reality. I mean, if we're doing a merchant ivory kind of style, yeah. absolutely correct, that's, that's one thing. But right, I very right. rarely do those kind of things. Right. I'm lucky that I'm able to manipulate the realities. But even when you're dealing with a very straight, modern subject, you, you need to enhance things in order for the audience to have those... Of course. You know, li- things to go, ah. Oh. Does it ever bother you that... I sometimes wonder whether I'll have annoyed, say, someone like yourself or whatever, because I can manipulate things. So, so you might spend months and months and months researching it, yeah. doing your abstract thing, and that someone like myself comes along and goes, all right, I'll judge you. Has that happened to you before? I, I yeah. don't think so. I mean, I think I, I try to kind of make sure I've got a really good relationship with the director yeah, and the yeah. DP and, yeah. you know, and the production designer. As long as you're all moving in the same direction, yeah. then, I mean, obviously there are hiccups that happen. I think the most striking one... I can think of was I did a film a few years ago called Green Zone where they edited the film in such a way that one of the actors was wearing three different shirts in one day because oh, we'd, right, yeah, we'd, yeah, had, yeah. we'd got our yeah, plot, but in fact they then chopped it to pieces and had to literally change the colour of things, right, right. which sounds quite expensive. But yeah. um, I don't think I've ever done anything where I've gone, oh my God, yeah, afterwards, and it, they've yeah, completely changed yeah. the colour. I'd have to say, I mean, it's... 
where I'm given sort of, um, I wouldn't say free reign, but I'd have to say most producers and directors would always be very faithful to, yeah. you know, we can, I can manipulate the image and I can change the look of it and all that, but generally yeah. the costumes are, I mean, obviously sometimes within reason we do change the colour of, of the costume. Yeah, of course. But the one thing, especially on period drama, is that we're always trying to retain the details yeah. in those, you know, going yeah. from, and, and that's one thing, that's, that's been the big sort of advantage in a way of, of HD and especially 4K that yeah. although it's got its flaws yeah. as in it picks up too much sometimes and it's harder for her makeup or whatever but you can see amazing details in there yeah. that you probably would not have seen you know yeah. but the problem with it is that in the in the low end spectrum the, the, the i.e. the darker end it can easily become the crushed what we call yeah. crushed or yeah. sort of diminished and that's kind so of interesting because I think in film that often I find a lot of the details I put into the costumes just disappear. <laughs> That's the only thing I can think, right. but not not because it's not lit or anything. It's just there are a lot of action films and therefore you, you, the tiny little things I might do is kind of lost. Every film, I think it's a, we have a duty to put back and teach people, right, okay. you know, pull people along with us because... I kind of had that, and I think that you can't... It's important, it really is important. I, I, yeah, and I, don't, I think just being an island and never kind of spreading your knowledge as, yeah. as you go on, it's not going to work. I think you have, to, you have to do that. I'm interested in people who, if they were going to work for me, are interested in art, history, social aspects of human beings and character, and obviously interested in being able to draw or make or yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. like that. I think as a basic kind of... Art-based things, yeah. I suppose. Well, I would be the same because I came. You know, I've been doing this so long now, and when I I came from an art background, everybody that I know that does my job now, or back then especially, came from a very technical background. So yeah. when I came in, I knew visually because I was very good at art, and I came from that that sort of animation background and photographic background. The technical aspects of it were sort of just something that I would just pick up on the way. Yeah. But visually. I found that quite easy because I just I could I could I found when I you know when I first came to London especially I could communicate with directors and, and cinematographers or whatever because I I knew about cameras I knew about light mm. maybe some other colours back then especially they sometimes bombarded directors with technology yeah and the directors were like, well, I don't know what he's talking about <laughs> you know where I talk about the light and the source of the light so I think from a, an intern point of view I've always tried because I've I've seen myself start from a different background so I've always tried to look out for people who have have similar if somebody wants to get into the in, into the post side of it they generally start as runners in a big post house bigger small post house and then within weeks of months you can see yeah. these people these yeah. kids who who really want it and you see, yeah. and then they realize what they're good at a lot of times they come in after being to film school or whatever and they know especially in this day and age, they know what they want or they know which area, so whether it's grading as a colourist, an editor. I think the ones that stand out for me are the ones that sort of do work generally without me asking and they, they seem to have yeah, a genuine interest in it rather than a job. I never really have to question them. Have or initiative. Do. For example, I've got this great chap at the moment who's, who makes, like myself, he's very, you know, he makes film, makes his promos outside of his work so yeah. he's got a love and passion yeah. for what he wants to end up doing as a job yeah. so he stands out to me because he's he naturally wants to do it yeah and from my point of view the, the more aspects of it of why it's why you know i love editing i love shooting my own stuff i love yeah because it makes me a better colorist because i can understand yeah. all the other departments and, yeah. and all the other skills the younger um students that come in or the young uh, interns these new runners i can or the, the new runners that come in i can tell immediately because they have this amazing appetite for for learning the courses are also that they show them the aspects of where to go in the yeah. film world as well more than they did when we st- i mean when i yeah. studied 
my very first design job, I actually didn't actually have an interview for because the person who couldn't do the, the film suggested me and it was Black Hawk Down. And so wow. I got the job because I'd been assistant on Gladiator. And um, my first meeting with the director, as in Ridley, was basically about 10 days before shoot. And I, it was my first design job. It was 4,000 costumes. And wow. so I was thrown to the lions slightly. But you just swim with it. That was really unusual. You worked on, with him on Gladiator, then? I did. I was yeah, the assistant yeah. designer on Gladiator yeah. with, to, to Janty Yates, yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't have an interview to get me into my first design job. And then, and then after that, I did a lot of more kind of the usual pitching for jobs and stuff and doing thousands of boards to show what I yeah. could do with the well, script. Well, that's very similar with, with me. Yeah. But in the past, I have sort of gone to meetings where there's one job where it was series two of a, of a, of a TV show, and, and I don't normally do... I normally kick, you know, kick Start it off, it off, off, off. Kick, yeah. to get them looking at yeah. this is, but so was, I've never, I wasn't used to doing series two or go for it. And I sort of went in and I researched and I watched the previous series the night before and all that. And I sort of, so I went in, sort of going, telling them all, sort of help what they did wrong. <laughs> so I didn't like that and that's what that and that's wrong <laughs> and that was a bit like that and that. And basically, then they sort of, after me ranting for about a half an hour, they sort of said, well, we actually really liked what we did last year. It's just you're cheaper. <laughs> oh, my God. So, uh, so did I got you it. Get the, you yeah, get the yeah, job? Yeah, I got it, yeah. Wow. Yeah. They were laughing, you know, but I sort of, I completely sort of... Well, at least you're honest. ...crucified that. <laughs> I mean, the, the honesty is good, but, yeah, as long as you don't completely rip something... Well, maybe, maybe you did, yeah. I don't know. Well, no, I didn't. I was, I was being... Con- it was constructive... Yeah. Uh, ...criticism, you know, yeah. as in, this is more so, this is what I would do... <laughs> Because last, you know, so I, I did play it that this is what I would do rather than, yeah. you shouldn't have done it like that. <laughs> yeah, you I, know, mean, I think it's good sense. to have, especially yeah. when you're starting out, it's good to have an opinion yeah, yeah. on what you like and don't like. And that's yeah. good if, if it's asked in an interview, that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's very hard when you're starting out because, you know, as a director, you're looking at us and going, well, what, what, uh, what do they do? And it's much harder to put your own personality and, and course, in your work yeah, yeah. across when you're young. And I think that's, and then that's why I used to try and do all these big yeah. board things. Basically, I had a passion from the time I was a young lad, so I always made little Super 8 films, and it was all, I, I knew what I... didn't know I wanted to be a colourist. I would not have known what a colourist was yeah. back then or a telecine operator. I knew I wanted to have something to do with TV or film. So I made films from the time I was a young lad, very passionate about photography, which I still am now. And then I studied um, art and design, and then I got my first break for this chap, director called Don Bluth, who is an amazing animator. He was one of Disney's, Walt Disney's lead animators back in the 50s, I think. He had a studio in Dublin, and he was working, he was directing films called, called American Tale, The Land Before Time, and then I worked on All Dogs Go to Heaven. And Rockadoodle was, I think, the fourth feature that I never wanted it to be in animation either, but it was. A, I spent. I found myself just falling into it, and then meeting Don Bluth and working with his team of people just educated wow. me yeah. to every aspect of filmmaking. So, yeah. in, in my opinion, if I, I would say to any young person, do a year in animation, whether you're costume design, whether you want to be a cameraman, grader, sound mixer, because the attention to detail that those yeah. guys put in are yeah. so huge and I have such admiration and I was there, I was one of them. I was never good enough to be an animator, so not that I wanted to be, but you know, but because you have to be particularly skilled. Yeah. So I, I, it was more for me, it was, a, it was a stepping stone into something else. Don Bluth for me was definitely a huge mentor, had a big influence in my life. You know, at the time he was probably 
then I was say twenty, he would have been sixty or something. Else, I don't know, but he's yeah. had has so much experience and had so much knowledge about color and texture and depth and yeah. lenses and why light should be there and shouldn't be there and why you should backlight something. You know, he was why you should side light. You know, he just yeah. he was just a, a an encyclopedia for me of 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 knowledge. And then I went to a company called Windmill Lane in Dublin as a colorist. Although there is, it was a completely different job, but they could see someone who was used to art and film and cameras. There was yeah. a sort of a connection there, and especially with the job of, of my job now, that where the attention to detail is huge, and you have mm. and the level of constantly sort of scrutinizing every pixel on the fr- or every frame yeah. or every pixel on every frame on the screen. That's how I learnt my skills Amazing. of patience. And, and was that from a really young age? You had that in, like under ten. Um, Years old. <laughs> I, was, I was very good at spot the ball, things like that. <laughs> I was very good at where's Wally. <laughs> I think the first time I really knew that I wanted to be in film was when I was 10 and I saw Star Wars. I remember going to the cinema and sitting with my parents and going, oh my God, and it had such a big effect on me that yeah. it was this kind of story that was just so beautifully told in an, another world yeah, that was yeah. so ridiculous and yet... It just took me in. And I remember saying at the time, that's what I want to do. And I don't think when I said that's what I want to do, I knew it was be a costume designer, but I just knew that it drew me in. And then really from quite a young age, from about 8 to 10, I was always fiddling with fabrics and making dolls' clothes. And then I got my own sewing machine, used to make, just make stuff all the time. And I was obsessed till, like, you know, all hours of the night. And then I went straight to art college at 16 rather than staying on against everybody's wishes. And there were no costume design courses then. So I just kind of made up my own way through it, did three years. And then I couldn't get on a degree course because there was no costume design and it was not something I wanted to do was going into fashion because that was not interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went, I begged the local theatre company to give me a, a job or basically let me work for nothing and it was the Royal Exchange Theatre in Manchester and I worked for a couple of weeks for nothing and then they gave me a job. Wow. As a, as a kind of trainee yeah. sewer. It's, it's very similar to that. I just begged them. <laughs> Star Wars, although I'm not a big Star Wars fan, you know, yeah. but the first Star Wars yeah. had a huge impact on me. Yeah. It was the first time I'd ever seen Anything like it, yeah. ever. And what was that, back in 1976? it yeah. was made, wasn't it? And even to this day, although and I'm, I'm, I'm not a big sci-fi fan, I, I'm a, I am actually amazed at how those effects and visual, visual effects, yeah. let alone the costume and makeup and all that. And, it's just the whole And I know it's thing. not perfect, but it's absolutely stunning how... Because yeah. technology wasn't... Although we have companies like ILM back then, Industrial Light and Magic, yeah. which were at, at the time perceived as... Really, and they were great companies. Yeah. But they're still technology was so old; he couldn't do, no. you know. And what he did on those that, that film, amazing, was yeah. groundbreaking. It, it really was groundbreaking. Yeah. And so I think that kickstarted something yeah. in my head as well. Likewise, that kind of interesting. I want to. Oh God, I, that's yeah. a, I definitely want to do this. I yeah. definitely want to get into yeah. film and 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 and, and so it's funny. That kind of sparks your imagination. Yeah, yeah. I've probably had quite a few mentors in my career. I think when I when I was at the Royal Exchange, there was a lady called Ginny O'Brien who was the supervisor there, and she was really strict, fantastic woman, but really kind of, you know, ruled the the workroom, and she had a big effect on me 
in that I realised that actually, wow, this is something that is quite serious as a okay. job. Yeah. And, and equally, she encouraged me to go and retry to get on a degree course when I was 23 and, and set me projects yeah. in order to get into Wimbledon. So she was my kind of first mentor. And then when I left Wimbledon, I met a, a designer called David Blight, who was took a project at, at Wimbledon and then asked me to assist him for a few years. So I kind of became his assistant designer. And that's the, the point when I got into doing pop promos, because he designed a, a pop promo for East 17. And from that, I just kind of met people and started doing pop promos myself. Right. And then the third person, I think, is probably Janty, who I met through the pop promo and Janty. Janty Yates. She's a costume designer who I assisted on two films. Right. And after Gladiator, I then started working myself. Right. So I've kind of had three people in my life, yeah, really, yeah. who've been very, you know, instrumental in kind of te- believing in me, yeah, yeah, and, and, you know, and seeing a potential, yeah. I think. Well, it's funny how both of us have, you know, you mentioned E17, or E17 back then, you know, I remember... They were likewise one of the first. Well, it wasn't one of the first videos, but I worked on many of those videos. I bet so we've probably done the same one. Yeah, so it's very funny how we have the Star Wars connection and, I know. and the A seventeen or whatever you know. And, and yeah. likewise, the fact that I just did music video after yeah. music video after yeah. music video. See, back then, back in the day, say 25, 30 years ago, the process <laughs> or the job that I do was seen as an unnecessary evil. You uh-huh. basically shoot film. Yes. You put it, give it, you know, and you'd have to get it on TV somehow. Yeah. Okay. And so. DPs or directors of photography or whatever, it was the, the grading process was sort of very basic. You would run yeah. a, have a print or you would... It was, it was nothing, you know. Myself and a few other guys came along and started saying, hang on, what's going on here? <laughs> you know, I can do this. And this, even back then, technology was still very limited. But yeah. we were saying, well, I can do this, I can do that. And, and then what happened over... What evolved then from over those few years, the, the music industry kicked off. The yeah. music promo, the music and video did, industry. Yeah. So... I found myself with these sort of few tools, you know, as in I could, that I could work with. I had a grading panel, which is like an edit suite, and then I had in the other room would have a, a, what's called, what's called a telecine, is where the, the, the film would go through. Yeah. And I realised, oh, well, hang on, there's a lens there that looks exactly like, like a camera lens, which it was yeah. it. So it would scan the film as you go through via a Zeiss lens, and then that scan would end up in my other room on the TV screen where I could manipulate it. So I'd think, I can manipulate it from that room by grading it. Yeah. And then I realised, hang on, if I put filters, so I start getting my, my own camera filters out in front of, so as the film's going through, right. I started putting filters in. Ah. I'm going, hang on, I can do that. And then I started putting like sort of clear filters in and drawing Vaseline on it and, or <laughs> wrappers or sweet wrappers. Yeah. And coincidentally, the music video industry was kicking off and it was very experimental and very sort yeah. of innovative. And, yeah. And all these directors were coming around and they were all sort of young kids who wanted to try, you know, the budget might not be huge. They could walk into me with, say, 50 minutes of rushes, but mm. walk out with 10 hours of rushes. Yeah. Because I, I could do different versions of everything. Right. You, you know, so, yeah, yeah. so, it, was, so every, it was all of a sudden, it went from being very sort of what you see on TV, being very straight, to music videos that were kicking off of it. And, yeah, and quite creative. So, and, and because yeah. there was only a few of us doing it, each time I was racking my brain, how can I make it better? How can right. I, what more can I do? So I did things from cool. taking the film and putting bleach all over it and then distressing the film. Yeah. And then what you get there, because you have an orange, remember the, in the film you'd have a coat, an orange coated layer? Yeah. By distressing it then, but not pulling it off evenly, you'd have some bits that are yeah. protected and some bits are not. So when you put that on the, on the telecine machine, you get this amazing animated 
wow. effect. You know, of, so we were just trying one effect yeah, after yeah. the other, blowing smoke into the tennis, <laughs> you know, in front of the. So you can imagine this is film going through. So it was almost like for me a second opportunity of yeah. shooting. You know, it was really wow, interesting. That's so, as I said, because the music industry was embracing this, everything took off. Yeah. Everything took off. And then. Just give you the space to and be then, more And also, then you had well. new deep directors of photography. Yeah. They were embracing what the colorists were doing then, or what. Me, yeah. you know, myself and a few other people. There were young directors, young DPs, young graders, myself. And then, as it, they all grew up, and we all grew up, and all those DPs and directors are all now working in TV, yeah. film, drama, you know, feature yeah. films, whatever. But all, that's why they all came from the music video or animation. I mean, I think back, I mean, I, I was talking to you about animation, how, yeah. how important it was for me. Some of the best directors I've worked with all have had a year or two years or whatever. You know, I remember Michel Gondre, yeah. all his music. Yeah. He, all, he came from an animation, but you can tell by his... I mean, I'm sure you know his work. He's, yeah, I do, he's, yeah. he's genius. And, yeah. and he came from an animation background, and there's, yeah. there's so many people that... I are, used to work with Hammer and Tongs, who also right. came yeah. through. Yeah. Getting into the music business, I mean, for me, it opened up a kind of a whole other world of being creative and not having to be yeah, particularly yeah. strict. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there were no rules. So well, it was great to have that, yeah. you know, space to be able to work with all these different directors very quickly. Well, that's and, what I was asking you earlier about... You know, I was saying period dramas where you've got to be sort of yeah. you can be judged. Where the sci-fi films or whatever, or the music videos, you can do whatever you can. Yeah. You've got and the similarity or the comparison is that I could do exactly the same. Yeah. We were yeah. trying everything out, and everything I tried out was up for grabs. Everything. Yeah. yeah. And you got you I got think, knocked I back. <laughs> I got knocked back. I get knocked down. I get back up again. Right. I get knocked back on a daily basis. You put things up. I don't mean that. You know, but you I mean, generally. You even get now. Criti- I get criticised, you get, you get analysed, yeah. you just have to take it on the chin. You, you, totally. And you, try, and you basically, all, <laughs> as a professional, I basically, I will put forward, this is what I think, this is what I think, or this is yeah. what I think. Yeah. And in my head, I think, I prefer the, you, you know, but yeah. you'll always get knocked back. How can, totally. I, how can you just go into an art gallery, for example? and put, put 100 people in an art gallery and have 100 people like that painting or whatever. You can't. You can't. It's but impossible. equally, how do you also know what's great if you haven't kind of had the criticism to balance of against course. the... You know, I, I've had what were you thinking said to me many times. Yeah, yeah. But you just, you know, when you're young, you kind of go, oh, my goodness. And I think as you get older, you start realising that actually, even though it might be put to you the same, you take it less kind of critically because you go... Yeah, maybe that was wrong. Yeah. Or you just go, well, actually, you know, this is the process I went through and explain it. And I, I think you, you, it builds your confidence up. It, you have to have a thick skin to work in the film business, yeah. I think. I think you've got, and, and I think the only way to get that is to go through the process of learning your craft well and maybe having some rejections in order to kind of balance your, you know, your creativity and, and, and your... I think equally it's not good to be unbelievably bolshy as well. Yeah, and also, there's a, you have to understand, I've realised, I mean, I was very opinionated, and as I got older, I'm opinionated, but I hold, you know, I'm very, <laughs> I think I feel, I think I've grown wiser, which I'm yeah. sure you have. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I, I listened, I'm like, the, the biggest advice to say to somebody now today, I say, you've got to listen, you've got to listen, because people will always, they, they, they're not just saying it for the sake of it. So there is always an agenda there yeah. for a reason. Yeah. There's whether, you know, somebody might, something I do might be fantastic. And I can, I can, I can say, oh, God, you've got to do it for this because you've got to go with it. And other. But there might, might be one person in the room or one executive or one producer who have, and, and, and generally in this day and age, 
They're not just saying it for the sake of it. There's a reason yeah, behind yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And the reason behind it a lot of times could be because they know the demographics. They know that they know. Yeah, you have to Because nobody that in the industry now is making somebody. So you're not making something for yourself. You're making it as a team effort. Yeah. That's end off. So yeah. you have, and somebody's paying for it. So you have to, no matter, you, so yeah. if you're Work rejected, with go with it, <laughs> Yeah, you know, and live with it and deal yeah. with it. Yeah, because I agree. Because in the past, yeah. I would get very upset, like, oh, no, yeah. no, no, but then you realise, oh, hang on, these people, you know, in this day and age, our jobs, they're so scrutinised in every yeah, way. Yeah, totally. I, I do feel, years ago, people could get away with a few things, you get away in every yeah. aspect of, of, of the film industry and TV industry, you know, you didn't have, I think now, for example, the job as a director, years ago, they had to tell a story and now they have to tell a story and make it visually stunning yeah yeah with netflix and amazon and american shows which have huge budgets compared to what we have here yeah the expectation is so high yeah, so high huge. so for you or for me to give the director and that producer what they're trying to do on sometimes 10 times less we have to put a lot more in these days because you can't just yeah. put, even if it's a standard sort of look you as a costume designer or me as a colorist it's still quite natural looking or earthy looking or organic looking you still have to make it special yes to yeah. stand out yeah and that's the hardest thing it so is. i can i can take show i can t- i think back of the music videos or commercials or whatever where i've gone for a big look and that's great and it's difficult to do that it is but to make something look really organic and untouched it's a harder thing i think it's very easy to do costume, but it's very hard to... It's, it's, a, it's not really a tangible thing, but I think it, when you're... For me, creating a costume that works is when it completely disappears, even however fancy right. it is. If you put that costume on a stand and it looks like it's breathing, even though there's no body yeah, in yeah, it, yeah. then you, I've achieved as yeah, much as I yeah, can yeah. achieve with it. And I'd never go out to kind of be fancy and and more intricate than anything else. I think everything has a place. And I think that the most difficult thing is actually everyday clothing. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really hard because everyone is kind of woo about, you know, period stuff because it looks tricky. Yeah, yeah. But I think a shirt and jeans is actually harder to make believe. I definitely agree. I agree. It's, yeah. it's For me to grade something in a modern day or earthy, organic, as I said, you know, something where, uh, where it should feel, people want the look, yeah. but they want it to look real. Yeah. I get my creative inspiration from, I think I get it, I just get it on a, on a I find it, and I don't know, what, I don't go anywhere to, to, to search yeah, for it. I, I just find it, and yeah. it's, I get it when I am researching. One thing I've, and I've said before, and I sort of, I remember regretting saying it, because I think people misquoted me, but I, I always said, I don't use the internet for research. Uh-huh. And the reason, what I meant by that, because I, I, you know, of course I do, everyone does. I mean, for years, even pre-internet, right, I, people come into me and we go, I've got refer- references, and the same, I've got, it's almost like the same reference, same, yeah. Raging Bull, or whatever, you know, yeah, the, the, yeah. The, you know. Yeah. and I get the same, you know, generally the same films, yeah. the same commercials, or whatever, as a reference, magazine, the same. So generally, I know what I like, and over the years, so I know, for example, I used to love Nick Knight as a photographer. Yeah. Or I love Martin Parr, for example. Yeah. I, John Hind, who we spoke about earlier, I yeah. love him. So I know what I like, but I find it's repetitive. See, part it, of my yes, job is, is as yeah. soon as if I come up with, and I, I got this in music videos, if you, as soon as you come up with a new look, people would say, I want a new look, we want to look. Say you're doing mm. a boy band, we yeah. want a look, we need a look, we want a look now, give us a look. You know? <laughs> so I give them, right, I'm giving it to you a look. You know? And it is that quick they want and it as well. As soon as it goes on TV, <laughs> somebody will see something, and then it gets, somebody yeah. else does it. You know? and then, you have yeah. to, then you have to, so you have to learn. To cre- so I'm always trying to find something new. You also have to try and 
the one thing I've found, I'm sure you're the same. You have to you have to learn when to stop doing something. Because yeah. it becomes passe. And yeah. it, because I, yeah. I look at, be, br- to be honest, I look yeah. at things on TV and I go, did that five years ago? Yeah. Why, why somebody, you know, how could you be so out of fashion? You know, it's like, <laughs> to, I can't tell other, other people to stop doing something, but I can tell myself. Yeah. So back to the internet, I find it just churns at the same results each time. Yeah, I think and the internet's tricky. to make tricky. me different or unique, and I'm sure you're the same. If you're going for a job or I'm going for a job, whatever, if, if, you, if, if 10 people like doing either of our jobs was... Google, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Then you're just going to come up with the same answers. Same, yeah. So where's the, where, where's the creativity in that? So I find mine. I just, I'm a hoarder. I collect everything. I even, for example, last Friday reading the Evening Standard magazine or something like that, I thought, that's a really nice photograph. Yeah. You know, some people, you know. I, I it's, do that. So and I just, so I find it, things yeah. and I collect them and yeah. I hoard things or I'll just come, and I never throw things out and I'll just come across them. So yeah. I might forget about them and then five years later I go, oh God, look at that. So yeah. that's generally where, like for example, John Hind as a research thing yeah. that I keep going on about, that came from me being, I never, as a kid, I used to hate his photographs. I hate, I used to think, these are really, they're really cheesy sort of Irish kids with red hair, yeah. donkeys, you know, <laughs> doing the Blarney thing, you know. So. But I remember only years later having flashbacks to me being in the seaside in, in, in Ireland. Yeah. And I've, It'd be raining, and the sea would be there, the promenade would be there. And you know those shops that have the, the candy floss and the sort of r- yeah, rotating yeah. postcard things, you know? And I'd be in, I'd be in a place, and I'd, see, I'd be so bored because it's raining, and, and I'm meant to be on my summer holidays or whatever. And I'd see these postcards of, say, a place, and I'd say, oh, that's where I am now. And I'd try and find the vantage point of where he would have taken the photograph. <laughs> yeah. And I, I could see these photographs that were so colourful and full of bright yellows and reds. And I'd find, and I'd say, well, why? I'm, I'm in the same country. And it's grey and it's miserable. <laughs> How did he do, do it? <laughs> yeah. How? You know. So it's, it's intrigued you to find out. So when I'm researching, I, it, similar to you, I find the internet, it's a great source, but it will throw up the repetitiveness yeah. that everybody can find. And equally, you, you have to wade through all the stuff that other people have it, it's put in there looking yeah, yeah. like it's absolute when it's not. Yeah, yeah. So I always try and go back to the source as, yeah. as much as possible. So if it's a you know, painting reference, it's the yeah, original yeah. painting yeah, yeah. and not someone's version of it. And I've got a massive collection of books that I've collected yeah. over the years and they're, they're always fantastic. They're often yeah. well, art-based. But, but you must find yourself, especially art books like that, You just because you, you, know, you, you forget about them and then you come across them five oh, years yeah, later. And that, and but I know they're all there. And every and job that's how you I go, get oh. I just stumble across something. Yeah. That, I use photography as well as art, yeah. um, as in paintings art, I mean, because they are representative of of course. Something that's truthful in a way, even though it's manipulated. Well, so everything's maybe, manipulated. But, but everything so, is, you know, yeah, it is. So, and, and, and even when you're, it's a really good point about the trying, you know, I admire your persistence of trying to get back to the source yeah. of the original, of say, painting. Yeah. But unless you go to the Sistine Chapel or go somewhere, yeah, you know, totally. you're never going to see the original. You know. no, but so I, you have I, to rely. I, I will try. And you will try. Look, you know, going to yeah. galleries or whatever. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if it's in a different yeah, country. Yeah, I know, I know. But, know, I, I, but, tricky, what but I, I think my point was I try, I get it more from books. Yeah. I get the, I get books the, are yeah. a really good source. And what I love, my passion, is just finding something. Yeah. That, that I've kept or that I, yeah. and I think oh, I'm glad I didn't try that out or I found you know you just stumble yeah. across something broader but equally also I find I don't know whether you find this is you when I'm prepping for a job there's always something that happens within the prep that I just go and I'm be in a place that's, that, that there is some an object or, a, or something comes through the letterbox or something happens every time that makes spurs off a, a, a creative avenue and that's just slightly abstract 
but it's often relevant to the, the whatever I'm researching at the time, and I use those kind of wherever you are. So I get my suppose I get a lot from people as well. I think yeah. You know, I, 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 I'm even to you know I'm still. I mean, I've I've been very fortunate to have worked with you know, and likewise yourself. Yeah. I mean, I've worked with some really fantastic people. You know, yeah. especially and you they know, spur you and, on. And, as they, well. and I and I Definitely. think back to sort of what you know, especially. Uh, you know, like say Michelle Gondre or Kevin Godley, who was a yeah. you know I'm a big I'm a musician, so I I, I play I'm not I'm a drummer, so I can argue that. But I, I my passion is music. For me, who's a, who loves someone like myself who loves music and making you know doing music videos, yeah. it was like my oh God, it's amazing. <laughs> Back then, you know, people like say Jonathan Glazer and Michelle Gondre and Kevin Godley, you know, they were so such. Innovative people who really innovative, and, yeah. and realistically, I see what you know. The technology wasn't, although it was. We all think, you know, as the viewers at home probably think, oh, there's the technology. You know, you could do, it's easy to do this and that, and but it wasn't a bit like no. we talked about Star Wars. It wasn't really. In terms of color, the the conventions of what people think of, yeah. like rules of what color should be used where, I think each film I've worked on, we have kind of made a rule about colour very loosely, but it, each film is different. And so you can't have, yeah. you know, red is one thing, black yeah. means another. I mean, certainly people understand those Within things, a film, when you set the rules yourself, and yeah. you can say... Because I think traditionally, blue, for example, as a colour, was used for nighttime. It was used for, for fear, to yeah. introduce fear in a scene, or for... You know, sadness or yeah. melancholy or whatever. Yeah. Where in fact it can be used. In a, if you set the rules, yeah. it can be the other way around. Any, for example, yeah. in Utopia, yellow could have been the, the, the danger, the sign yeah. of danger. But as long as you make the rules and keep yes. to those, and then if you if you want to play down, if you want to, you know, keep it yeah. consistent, then I don't think you have to go into a saying. Oh, the book says this color. No, is no. Now, you know. And I <laughs> no. think personally, as a, from a color spectrum point of view, I love the complementary side of. of and I think it's because TB for years was full of primaries of red, green and blues. Yeah. And I just sort of had this sort of passion for yellows and cyan, like this cyan here in magenta, you know, and yeah. I think it's a far better. Uh, you know, I, I even... Slightly na- more natural. And I, I just went naturally. And I, for yeah. years, people would always say to me, why are you making the skies, you know, blue skies, green? I mean, they would say green, but obviously because it's on the greener side. Yeah. And I just love that aquamarine. Yeah. And I know a lot of people are doing it now. We were watching films like that years ago anyway, but the technical process. Yeah, totally. Where yellow, cyan, magenta, yeah. where they, could, they couldn't get it. They wanted it to be red, green and blue. Yeah. But they couldn't do it. No. <laughs> so, <laughs> ironically, now we've got red, green and blue. We all want to go yellow, cyan, magenta. Yeah. yeah, I mean, colour is a big subject. I try to kind of... I, I wouldn't say positively go against what would normally people think of as the rules of, yeah, yeah. of what means what, but I think it's all appropriate depending on the story you're telling, actually. Yeah. I would never just kind of go, well, this is my rule for my life, is, like, yeah, yeah. what red or blue or yellow or green means. I think yeah. I think you have to be more complex in the storytelling there. Well, every book I read it tells me something different anyway, yeah. so, I'd, so I'd rather make my own rules up and blag it that way than... So yeah. From a technical point of view... Spoke about it earlier. The new way in which we're going to be watching TV, this this uh, format called HDR, which is high dynamic range. Yeah. And one of the, the aspects of we watch TV in what's called Rec Seven Hundred Nine now, and the idea in HDR is that we you can watch it in Rec Twenty Twenty. We will have the color gamut that can be recorded on these cameras now on the on the cameras on, on, that I can see on my screen. Uh, something like you know, I can see like twenty sh- more shades of purple or wow. red. You know, so the yeah. spectrum, yeah. the spectrum is opened up for yeah. you and me. Yeah in the new world of HDR that we're, uh, that we're in now, but we will be... The engineers wow. and scientists are taking us 
forward into into the next ten years. So that, so basically, from where now I can only see X amount of shades of red. Yeah, it's going to be doubled or tripled or, really? or quadrupled yeah. by then. Yeah. So and that's fact. Do you think that would mean? <laughs> do you think that would mean that choices of fabrics that I might choose might have to be much more precise? Yes. Because yes. if I use something that was, say, shot, that would be yeah. massively complicated. Yeah. Because uh, that's it's, already come up on digital anyway. Yeah, it's already come up on digital. Yeah. Now we're in the next stage of HDR. Yeah. Which is, I mean, already Amazon or um, Netflix have shows on, you know, when you, when you download shows, you, are, you, can, you have the choice. To, uh, to yes. do, you can if you go to Curry's or Dixon or PC whatever it is now, the, the, a, a retailer, you can buy an HDR ready TV. Yes. So it's here. It's just not in everyone's. You know, yeah, I think yeah. what's happened is they've realised 3D is not going to happen. No. HDR, which is a completely different thing anyway, but HDR is what's yeah. going to happen. I can't imagine doing anything else. I don't know what else I'd do if I didn't, yeah. if I wasn't a costume designer. And in terms of the dream job in my world, it's more of the films I've already done because I absolutely yeah, love you, doing them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm really lucky. So. Yeah. I mean, I'd like... I mean, because I do a lot of my own... St- make my own films. I'd like, obviously, be like to direct and all, but I, I, I like the fact that I'm part of a team. I like... Yes. My dream job is generally when everybody is so in tune. Yeah. It's, just, it, it's, it's almost like a, a moment... And, and it doesn't matter whether it's TV drama or music videos or whatever, when we're searching for something yeah. and you found it, I think that's my dream job, where everyone's completely united behind yeah. the creative yes. look of something. And it all and there's no in. So there's no justification, and I'm not making excuses or saying why I did this or yeah. why I didn't do that or whatever. Yeah. Everyone's just completely 100%, and that, that would be my dream job. Yeah, that's, um, that's a great scenario for me too. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't um, always happen. No. But... but Every so often. But like rejection. And it, and also like the, rejection, I've got to get over that and there ain't no dream job. So. Yeah, but also having your team that's, you know, you're fantastic. Because I often have a very big team. Yeah, yeah. I have a core team that is always with me and then it expands. And I really enjoy having those people with me because it's a, a team effort, course, particularly yeah. in costume. Yeah, yeah. There's no way you can produce the costumes in the quantity of the films I do yeah. without having a big, team of really talented yeah. people with you. I always felt that I was very fair with my team. You yeah. know, I've had quite a few assistants over the years. And a lot of the guys, I have to say, they've stuck with me and they've actually now working with me and they're doing the job I do. So I actually could, I'm, I can only assume I, was, I didn't do anything massively wrong <laughs> and I was good with them and I yeah. was quite um, encouraging to them because they've yeah. all stayed with me. Yeah. So they're all working with me now as an assistant or yeah. else as fully-fledged yeah. Colors now, so I have to take that as a compliment to some yeah. degree that they're they're still with me. Yeah, I mean, there's um, probably some people so. along the road that because I know that that out, it happens in every yeah. job, doesn't it? But I think that's kind of similar to me, really. I think we I have a, a team that has stuck with me for a long time, and and yeah. I really love working with them. I think I think they would describe me as slightly hot headed, <laughs> um, um, but equally quite easygoing. I don't get angry. But does the hot-headedness not it's more diminish into, as you get slightly bit more experienced, no? Do you know, I think the hot... Yes, it does. I mean, I'm more relaxed than I, I used to be. Yeah. But I think if they heard me saying that, they'd go, ha. Yeah. But I think it's not because I get cross, because I don't get cross. I get, I get kind of bubbly um, sometimes. And I 
might get a slit, slightly blinkered and obsessed about one particular aspect of something yeah. occasionally. And some, you know, it's good that you've got your team there to pull you back. But I like to have a really happy environment, and I I can't work with people who don't appreciate each other, sure, and yeah. they they need to work as a team. I think being a team player is really important right. in the film industry generally, yeah, yeah. and particularly in costume because. You know, we do do really ridiculous hours, as you do, probably. So for me, it's management as well. So I'm always yeah. managing people. I'm yes. trying to make them feel that they've come up with the idea. <laughs> oh, that's a great yeah. idea. You don't yeah. even know it's something. Yeah. Oh, um, you know. So Giving I'm credit. To, I'm trying to manage. That, that's, in a way, that's part of, I'm sure, your job. Totally. Where you managing ago, the team. You could be a customer yeah. or I could do. Now I've got to, you've got teams, you've got, you've got responsibility, yeah. you've got budgets to think of, yeah. you've got... You know, and I, you know, you care. I care about my team that they're they're happy to come to work and work because you know if if they're not, then I want to do something about that to make yeah, yeah. it good. I think the, the the most exciting part for me is when you've gone through that process and you know you're running in the same direction, and then it comes together. And there's the point when you walk on set, particularly if it's a a film that has a really big scene that's been very tricky to put together right. visually from every department's point of view and you walk on set and, and you go, oh, God, we got there. Yeah, yeah. And that is it's amazing. It almost makes you want to cry sometimes. Yeah. There's times when I have gone, gosh, because there's such a big hill to get over, on, especially on the slightly bigger films where it's been an effort to get there, yeah. just you know, from a physical producing the amount of stuff point of view and coming together with a concept that might be tricky.